Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Gag Nation podcast, a podcast about my life's adventure in music, sports, enterprise, and leisure. Thanks for joining us for episode three, The Man Cave, an oral history. And I said us because on today's episode, we have Scotty with us, who is the first ever guest on the Gag Nation podcast. Scotty, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today, Billy. Good, good. So with coronavirus lockdown approaching three weeks now, meaning you are fully trapped at home and hopefully you have a place to retreat to to get some man time. This episode is going to be all about the man cave. But before we dive into it, let's do a little housekeeping. So the podcast is now available on Spotify, Google and Apple. I've been emailing many of you and texting you. But you can just go to the platform of your choice now and search for Gag Nation. It should pop up, hit the subscribe button, and every time I have new content for you, you will be notified. We also have a Facebook page now, so go to it, follow it. I will be posting photos, playlists, and other relevant info to the, to the episodes. And I hope you enjoyed the last episode on the iconic Ram horns going RIP. And of course, the Ramit video that I posted on the Facebook page. Anyways, let's dig into the man cave, baby, and get to know our Scott, our guest, Scotty, our man cave expert. So Scotty is a hardworking guy who was raised in the Chicago suburbs. And after college, he quickly abandoned the frozen tundra for the West Coast. He's a self-proclaimed sports and music junkie who has a collection of sports and music memorabilia as evidenced by his badass man cave. Scotty, welcome to the pod. Did I get that right? Yep, Bill, you're right. I love my sports and I love my man caves. So you're qualified to be an expert on the man cave. Well, I've built a few man caves and I've been in quite a few over my lifetime. So yes, I would consider myself an expert on the man cave. Well, at times like this, we need our man cave. So tell us, where did it all start? Well, it was John Gray in his 1993 book that coined the phrase um, man cave. His book was Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, which I think most women have read. I'm not sure how many men read it. So it's really basically where you go into Billy into uh, where you're overwhelmed by the stresses of a home life and relationships, you need a man cave. So man caves were just invented in 1993 and named by some guy who wrote a top selling book that was purchased by every woman in America. That just sounds wrong to me. What are the origins? What's the history? Well, they go back to the beginning of time, but really, you really start to see them come about and some great historians had man caves. Winston Churchill had a man cave where he went to go paint and retrieve uh, away from the stresses of life, as well as Teddy Roosevelt had a great man cave that had all his hunting trophies in it. And Mark Twain had one of the most famous man caves in that he had a pool room, poker table. It's where he went with his friends to drink and gamble, and he did not allow any women into his man cave. So a broad spectrum of people, not just guys like you and I, political figures, authors, uh, um, all kinds of people. Yeah, the man cave really is for anyone. Um, it's basically, and it can be in different parts of the house. In the Midwest, a lot of the man cave started um, really in basements uh, where people would just have things in the basement where you'd go down and segregate away from everyone else in the house or the main flooring area of the house. Well, on the West Coast, we don't really have basements, and that's where I grew up. So it seems like a lot of the kind of man cave activity was focused more around the garage or even in the backyard. Would you say that's the case? I think that's true, and it really doesn't matter where it is. It's really where your sanctuary is, and it's kind of carved out from the rest of the house. 
So what kind of things do you put in a man cave? Well, I think in, in this era, kind of the main things you put in a man cave are around entertainment. So I would say a big screen TV, a stereo system, maybe a turntable for the, those of us that are a little older. Those things are kind of core things that go in there into the man cave. Well, what other kind of possessions besides like entertainment uh, items and that? Well, it's really up to the individual, whatever you want to showcase um, within the man cave. But a lot of times it's it's memorabilia. It's also around uh, maybe important things in your life. It could be really a picture of your high school basketball team that won the championship, anything like that. Well, there were no basketball teams that I was on, Scotty, in high school that uh, won championships, but I get the idea there. But what if your jam isn't really sports or music like you and I? What if you have other hobbies like fishing, hunting, science fiction? Uh, I mean, what it's a man cave for you then, too? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the man cave itself is really a reflection of your personality, Bill. So what you really want to have in your man cave is whatever is important to you. It could be you put up your, your trophies. Um, from sports, but you could also put in things like if you're a Star Trek fan, Star Trek stuff. If you're a comic book guy, you might have some of your favorite comic books displayed in there. Really anything that's that you want to have in the man cave that is where you go there, you see it, it makes you happy, it relaxes you. That's what a man cave is. I wouldn't put a box around it by saying it has to be sports or entertainment or music or anything like that. Whatever's important to you. So, so far we have in the man cave, we have stereos and music happening in there. We have uh, big screen TVs to, to show sports on or, or movies and, and, and that kind of stuff. We got a bunch of memorabilia. But let's say like right now we're in coronavirus lockdown. There are no sports on TV. So what other kind of stuff can you do in the man cave? Well, depending on the size of the man cave, you, you might have kind of parlor games and things like that. You might have a pool table, you know, a ping pong table a dart board, even, you know, in the old days, maybe a bumper pool table because they were smaller, so you couldn't get a full pool table in there, pinball machines, jukeboxes, anything like that would be appropriate to have in the man cave where, where people can get together and, you know, have a good time in the, in the man cave. So who drives the design and the decor of the man cave? Well, it's really the man. So that's why, hence the name. What you want to do is really drive it. Um, what's it's individual to you, right? So if you think about it, you know, you don't want your wife decorating your man cave because she doesn't know what's important to you because there's some things that are really important to you that she probably wouldn't want anywhere in the house. Okay, I get that. I get that. So let me just clarify here. Um, so we're just all on the same page. So when people cohabitate, usually one person drives to the core of the home. In most cases, it's the person who identifies as female. Thus, the other person is identified as a man. So the man drives to the core of the man cave. So it is his space. It's the only place in the house where you don't need to compromise. The man cave. Scotty, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so I have a question for you on this one. My buddy JD, when he moved out, he had this um, apartment and he called it JD Sports Palace. It was all, like the whole place was a man cave. Um, would that qualify as a man cave? Well, it sounds like a great place to hang out, uh, which is one of kind of the requirements of a man cave, but I would not think that qualifies as a man cave because it's the whole dwelling. So we all had bachelor apartments or bachelor pads where we did all the decorating because basically we didn't have someone to help us decorate it. But that would not consider to be a man cave in my estimation. 
Okay, well, you're the expert, so that's why I just wanted to have an official ruling on it. I'm just a dude that just knows about man caves. Um, so one thing that I do know about man caves is that they are not all created equal. So how would the development of a typical man cave happen in 2020? Like, where would you start? Well, I think you start with uh, a big screen TV. To me, that's one of the core things that you have in a man cave um, because that, that allows you to sit around and watch sports with yourself or with friends. Um, so that's one of the core things. You also, like I mentioned earlier, a stereo, you'd have something in there. Um, you want to have comfortable seating so people come over, can relax and enjoy themselves. Because if you think about it, if you're watching a sporting event, many of them are multiple hours long and sometimes there's back-to-back -back games. So you want to have a situation where you're really comfortable in that environment. Well, you know what else makes me comfortable when I'm in a man cave? What's that, Billy? A good beverage situation. So how do you handle that in the man cave? Well, I think, you know, again, and man caves kind of grow over time. I think everyone has a, a beginning man cave and it kind of grows, it gets better. And maybe as you get older, your house gets bigger and you get a little more space. But you do want to have access to beverages that you don't have to go up and down stairs and, and trek out somewhere else to get them. So you want to have a situation, maybe it's a, a little fridge in the man cave, maybe a little bar area that you have. I mean, you probably start off, you don't have room, even a cooler filled with beers when your friends come over. What you don't want to do is being going in and out of the man cave all the time because that kind of defeats the purpose of being a sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. And I guess location is really important on the man cave. What, what can you tell us about the location? Well, you, you want to be away from the main traffic of the house. You want to be somewhere off to the side where if you're in there and your friends are getting a little rambunctious or you're playing your music a little loud, that you're not disrupting the rest of the house. That will make for a peaceful existence with the other people within the house. Very clever, very, very clever there. Um, so what other kind of things would you get in your, your man cave at this point? Memorabilia, I think. What, what kind of stuff would you put on the wall? Yeah, I think memorabilia is one of the things you can get. And, you know, with the with the expansion of the Internet and, and people getting access to those things, that's really helped people really deck out their man caves. Where before, if you had something, you had to secure the autograph yourself on, a, on an album or a baseball or something like that. Now you can get a lot of that stuff through uh, reputable dealers um, to really deck out your man cave. But again, I, I wouldn't say it has to be something that's expensive or anything else. It could just be anything from your youth, anything that you really uh, like that you want to display. Usually it's something your friends will kind of dig and think, oh, that's cool. Um, something like that. Yeah, something that's personal, it seems like. It's, and it's not always about the money, although money can buy you some pretty cool stuff. But, you know, I have some items like $5 bobbleheads that I love just as much as I love as one of my guitars um, in that. Right, exactly. I mean, one of my favorite things in my man cave is I have Kiss Pez dispensers. And I think my wife got them as a stocking stuffer for Christmas one year. And, you know, it's one of my favorite things. They're super cool. I mean, I just love them. And it probably costs her five bucks to get them for me. But, you know, it's prominently displayed in my man cave. So if I were to go to your house, I could actually have Pez out of a Kiss Pez dispenser? Well, they're kind of in a, in a container. So, no, you couldn't really do it. But that would be kind of cool if we could get, like, Gene Simmons spitting out red Pezes from him. But, you know, we'd have to negotiate kind of deal, Bill. I got a recommendation. What, why don't you have one set for display and one set for using? 
All right. Well, you know what? I'll have to try to find another set online. I only got one now, but if you're coming over sometime soon, I'll try to work on getting a, getting some Kiss Pez dispensers. Okay. So I pretty much have a pretty good idea what goes in a man cave, what it is. I think we've explained it to our listeners and that. A couple of questions. So I think we need some clarity on here. And I know you being the expert will have the answer. Oh, hopefully you will. If you don't, you can direct me to the right person. Do women have man caves? Uh, they do. Um, they call them she sheds. Um, and they are women's kind of sanctuary. They're not very common. In fact, I can honestly say I've never really been in one. I don't know, Bill, I'll toss it back to you. Have you ever seen one or been in one? No, I, I, I have not. But it's not really the circles that I run in. Um, I love the name, she shed. I mean, say that thing three times fast. Um, I like that. No, but I, I have it, but I guess they would. But I, the one thing I am thinking about it, I'm sure there's always an anomaly somewhere. But if you remember John Gray's book, his concept was, you know, the man cave is more about a place where the man retreats after his day. He might be stressed out from work or whatever. He just wants to gel out in there, right? And chill. Women are more, when they're stressed, they want to talk about stuff. Like, you don't need a man cave for that. Um, that's called a psychiatrist's office. What they need is they just need to corner you on the, at the table or something like that and then talk to you what they want to talk to you about. So I'm thinking she shed's not very popular. Yeah, well, that kind of analysis, Bill, you just made is a little above my pay grade here for, for that psychological analysis. But I'll go with it for whatever you say. You're the host. Okay, good, good. Um, listeners, if you have an opinion about it, just hit the Facebook page, let us know. Um, my next question I think we didn't get into, but I think it's very important is if a stranger walked into your man cave, would they know if you were married? Uh, looking around my man cave, I would say no, they would not know that I was married and they would probably question if I ever dated. So there's nothing in here that re reflects my wife or I have children <laughs> or anything in this room that you would think it, it's totally stuff that you would not think it. I, I would say they would not think I, I was married. So is it safe to say if somebody went into your, your, uh, your man cave, they'd say, this, what's this guy doing, man? He's just got all this man stuff. Great stuff. I'm just laughing about it. Well, you know, it is one room in the house. I mean, if you went in all the other rooms in the house, you would know that I was married for sure. All right. All right. So now that we know the history of the man cave, we we know what goes into a man cave. Tell me a little bit about your man cave or the Scotty cave. Well, you know, I touched on the Kiss Pez dispensers earlier, but, yeah. you know, my man cave has mainly sports and music memorabilia. You know, that's kind of the main thing. I do have some booze memorabilia in here that I, that I have, but um, I have some al albums signed by different artists. I have Bob Dylan, Joy Division, David Joy Bowie. Di wait, Joy, Joy Division, like with Ian Curtis signed, signed it? He would have to get that a long time ago. Yeah, nope, it's not. It's Unknown Pleasures, but it's signed in 2013 without Ian Curtis, unfortunately. Also, but, you know, yeah, no, it's great. It's a, it's a great piece. You, you know that album cover. It's fantastic. So, yep. but I but I have, you know, I have some of those albums. I have some Beatles memorabilia, some autographs from them. And like I said, I have some guitars, a Robert Smith guitar, Keith Richards, Roger Waters, Paul McCartney bass. So I have those kind of things. And then, you know, and I have a segue to another part of that, you know, house that's connected to the man room that I have a pool table 
and a jukebox in that room. And so, nice. but you know, jukebox in the house. Very yeah, impressive. it's a it's a great jukebox. But the other thing that's really my favorite thing I, is um, I have a Michael Jordan display that has the floor from his last game as a Chicago Bull when he hit the shot against Utah. I believe that photo has Long Beach State alumnus Brian Russell in that photo. He was defending MJ. Well, again, I don't think anyone can really defend MJ, so I'll, I'll say, yeah, he's in the picture and he's probably in a lot of living rooms, you know, in that photo. <laughs> Yeah, just like uh, that dude who served up Frank, uh, Hank Aaron's 714th home run. Who was it? That was Al Downey. Al Downey. Al Downey in a lot of uh, living rooms in, or man caves in Atlanta. Yeah, Monday Night Baseball. He was there. Yep, yep. So, cool. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, my man cave. Um, I don't really have a 100% man cave, but I have a, made a lot of penetration throughout the house and my stamp is in four different rooms five if you count the garage i have photos and a few hundred box sets littered throughout the family room and living room um, my garage has a bunch of platinum award plaques basically overflow um, that things that Teresa doesn't let me have in the house um, my office has some cool signed and framed artwork from david bowie billy idol ringo star the cure I have a limited edition lithograph from Ice Cube's The Predator album. Um, it's a gangster rap classic and it's signed by Cube, so that's pretty cool. I have a few platinum records from Daft Punk, NWA, and David Bowie. But my real pride and joy is my loft where I control 90% of the activity. Um, I have a turntable in there that I spin vinyl on, a few signed guitars, including a Gibson Les Paul Supreme Gold Top. 90th birthday limited edition that's signed by Les Paul, who is actually known as the inventor of the electric guitar. So I dig that. Um, some other favorite items I have is I have a, a wall of black and white photos, all with black frames of artists that I've worked on their projects or have some type of affiliation with them. Many of them are signed. Some of the signed stuff I have is from members of Pink Floyd, Coldplay, The Beach Boys, Megadeth, Queensryche. Poison, Merle Haggard, some other cool photos from U2 and, and the Beatles. And I also have a LA Clipper bobblehead collection on a table, including a talking Ralph Lawler. How cool is the Ralph Lawler, Scotty? Well, that is super cool. But Billy, what you didn't mention is one of my favorite pieces you have, the REM piece. Oh, yes. I think I didn't mention it because it officially doesn't sit in any of my man cave areas. But what it is, it, it it's a signed and framed screen print of the REM fables of the reconstruction LP and it hangs above our piano and the fact that it's in our main uh, living area of our home it's like a major moral victory for me like I've got a piece of me like right there in the heart of our house so that gets me pumped up um, all these things that we talked about or some of them we'll have photos of them on the Facebook page so if you want to check them out um, Scotty stuff's really really cool I think you'll dig checking that stuff out um, in that. So we've talked about a lot of stuff about the man cave. We talked about have stereo systems in there. We got photos of artists and plaques and guitars and all that, but we didn't talk music, Scotty. What kind of music's appropriate for the man cave? Well, I think it's, you know, it is your sanctuary. So I think it's where you can play stuff that you may not hear elsewhere or people don't want to hear. Like for me, I go back to a lot of my Midwestern hard rock and roots. You know, I love to play UFO, Strangers in the Night, Lights Out. Uh, my wife doesn't love that kind of music. So I just can crank that up in the manner or something a little darker like The Cure, Siamese Twins, 
that's the kind of stuff I, I like to play if I'm alone. But if I have friends over, I might go more something a little more rowdy, but maybe, you know, anything by the replacements, you know, is great. You know, that really gets me going. Uh, Bastards of Young or something like that, or maybe some Rock and Wilco songs like uh, Kid Smoke. Yeah, we. Uh, you mentioned Lights Out from UFO. Definitely going to take it off the Strangers in the Night record because recorded in Chicago. And there's even a shout out to Chicago in their Lights Out. Instead of saying Lights Out London, he says Lights Out Chicago. Instead of Chicago, you get it? I do get it. And I they recorded at the International Amphitheater in Chicago. So that's a great, it's a great record. Best live record of all time. When I was growing up, we uh, we attended an Iron Maiden show li- and uh, at Long Beach Arena, and they did they recorded an album called Live After Death there. And he there's a famous part in there where Bruce Dickinson says, "Scream for me, Long Beach." So that was pretty cool to be part of that. So it's kind of the the same thing for uh, for me there. So okay, that's cool. So what Scott and I have done is we've created a Spotify playlist called man cave favorites where we took 10 songs that we enjoy listening to when we're in isolation and then 10 songs when we're with friends so scott tell me about your your a couple of songs on the isolation list for you well i think on the isolation list there's a couple in there you know i would probably go again sometimes it's a little darker maybe she's lost control again by joy division that's something i might play maybe something by Thelonious monster which doesn't get a lot of play elsewhere um I'd play something from that. Yeah. In my time, what, what I do when I'm in the man cave is that I play stuff like I, I like hip hop and country, but literally like none of my friends or my family members like that stuff. So I'll play it in the man cave. Like I dig Scarface and his song, mind is playing tricks on me. I'll make the, it's on the list. And I dig Dirt Bentley and he's on the list as well. But you know, I, my wheelhouse is more like alternative rock and stuff, but on the like, the isolation list. I love the Mumford and Song uh, Son song "Believe." It's and the reason I listen to it alone. It's kind of wimpy uh, in that, so I don't want people to know that. But I dig that song. So, how about when you're with friends? Like, what's a couple go-to tracks that we got on the playlist that you like? Well, I think when you're with friends again, I, I'd, I'd go, I'd, I'd go back to the replacements. That's always great for me and my friends. A lot of big replacements fans, and Tom Petty's always great. Uh, "Crawling Back to You" is a great song. I love to play with people who are over to. Is a good grooving kind of tune. So any of that kind yeah. of stuff, you know, that's good. Let me ask you about the Petty. Let me ask you about the Petty song because when you selected that one, I was surprised at that particular track. I know you love Petty. Everybody loves Petty, but why that particular track? You know, I, I just that track. It's just it kind of flows. It's a good storytelling. Um, there's some great lines in it. One of the lines the drummer in Petty's band had tattooed on his arm. So I mean, I just think that it's just it's it's a solid song. You know, beginning to end. Cool, cool. So my, a couple of songs that I really like on there is The Specials, A Message to You, Rudy. I mean, when you're with friends, that song is so uplifting. It's a classic ska track. Everybody starts tapping their foot, whistling, great sing-along parts. That's all good. And then another track I love is The The Uncertain Smile, which is just a great jam. And I think one of the reasons I really like it is at the end, it just has like this two-minute piano solo. That's just nuts. And I think like you, you could, if you play it in a group of people that know that song, you'll see like three or four dudes starting to play air piano. Have you done air piano to that song before, Scotty? I have. I have to admit that I have. You know who did that? You know who played the solo? I love the solo, but no, I don't know who played it. 
Jules Holland. He actually was on the first three Squeeze records. But yeah, he did. Uh, he was uh, tight with Matt Johnson of the, the, and he played on it. So pretty cool. Yeah, I love his show. He has a lot of great bands on his, his old show. So, yeah, his show is killer. I actually uh, attended one of them once, and uh, they had to stop the taping because I spilled the beer during the uh, taping. It's weird. Over in the UK, they're just way more liberal about that stuff. They actually serve beer at the tapings of TV shows. Crazy. That's a believable story. I can believe that you you did that. <laughs> That's totally believable. <laughs> I think a lot of my friends can, too. It was a killer show. It was the Beach Boys, Muse. Um, oh, man, I, I got to remember a couple of the other guys. Anyway, oh, uh, uh, public in, image. I was basically right next to Johnny Lydon when I spilled the beer. And part of it was he distracted me and I kind of I hit it with my elbow. That, that's what happened there. But, Did he uh, call you a wanker? I don't think he really knew it was happening. He was pretty much self-absorbed. I don't think he knew <laughs> I even existed, to be honest with you. But uh, that's all good. So if you guys like the sounds of some of those songs we talked about, check it out as we posted on the Gag Nation Band Cave favorites to um, to listen to. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So, Scotty, thank you, my friend, my amigo, for being a guest on the pod. Great. I'm happy to be here. hope I helped out and answered some of your questions, Billy. I'm pretty pumped that I actually know a man cave expert now. I know that I can go to go to that. So we learned a lot about the man cave today. So remember, in today's society, every man needs a retreat or a sanctuary to have his moment, a place where you can find your happy space. If it is alone or with friends or with your family or spouse, it doesn't matter. Whatever floats your boat, but it needs to be a place that you can call your own. It has your personality stamped on it, your music, your teams, your art, your hobbies, your thoughts, whatever makes you happy, the man cave, and you need to own it. That's it for episode three of the Gag Nation podcast. And thank you for doing your part to flatten the curve. I want to thank Scotty for his valuable insight and contribution. And thanks everyone for all the texts and messages and support that you've been giving us over, over the last couple of episodes. It keeps us motivated. Thank you for listening. Go to the Gag Nation Facebook page to find photos of some of the Man Cave stuff and our first official Gag Nation Spotify playlist, Man Cave Favorites. Peace. I'm out.